guys, it's Maria. Welcome to the Citizen Patriots Podcast, where we talk all things America. The idea of the separation of church and state has probably done more to destroy freedom in America than any other idea. Unfortunately, though, the idea of the separation of church and state isn't just embraced and promoted by secular politicians and culture and legal groups. It's also embraced, whether they realize it or not, by many in the church today. A lot of Christians have a problem with the Bible and prayer being brought back back into public education. And whether they realize it or not, they've embraced the separation of church and state without considering the implications for a free society when we go along with that type of idea. So to really understand the separation of church and state and where it went wrong, we have to understand the First Amendment and what the framers' intent was behind the First Amendment. But first, I want to clear something up, and a lot of people actually don't know this, but the phrase, the separation of church and state, appears nowhere in the United States Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or the Bill of Rights or the Federalist Papers. It's not in any of America's founding documents or in any political documents in our country. The phrase comes from a letter penned by Thomas Jefferson when he was president and how Jefferson used the phrase and how the phrase has been used and twisted in the 20th and 21st century are very different things. When the framers wrote the First Amendment, the American Revolution is just a couple years in the past and they had broken away from England and England had a government established denomination, the Anglican Church. And the king held some authority over the Anglican Church. And so two years after the framers ratified the Constitution, the Bill of Rights was added to the Constitution. And the First Amendment is first for a very good reason, because without the freedom of speech or the freedom of the press or the freedom of religion and the right of the people to peaceably protest, we cannot be a free country. The rights protected by the First Amendment are foundational to every other right that we have, and that is protected by law in the United States. So I'm going to read the First Amendment. It's a short little paragraph, and the First Amendment states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So when the framers draft the First Amendment, they went back and forth on whether to use the word religion or religious denomination. And this is why history and context matter, because the framers wrote this amendment with England in mind in the fact that they did have a government-established denomination. And the framers did not want that in the United States. But today and for decades, the people who are trying to remove religion and Christianity specifically from American politics and public life have used the First Amendment to further the idea of the separation of church and state. But the framers never intended for the First Amendment to mean the separation of church and state like people use it today. So the First Amendment has been reinterpreted by activist progressive courts, by the American Civil Liberties Union, by the education system, and the media. And now this amendment that was intended to prevent a government-established denomination, but to actually promote religion in society, 
has been and is being used to remove Christianity and faith from politics and public life. And they have successfully convinced most of the American public that faith and politics are not compatible or acceptable in America. So this brings us to Thomas Jefferson's letter to the Danbury Baptists in 1802, where the phrase, the separation of church and state, first came from. So the Danbury Baptists wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson, who was president at the time, and they expressed concern for the fact that protection of religion had been written into state laws, state constitutions, and the U.S. Constitution. And their concern with this was that because these things were written into law and the protection of religion was put into the Constitution, this meant that the government viewed the freedom of religion as a government-granted right instead of an unalienable God-given right. And so they were afraid that at some point, because the protection of religion and religion at all was put into government documents, that the government would one day use this to try and interfere and regulate with religion. And so Jefferson writes them a letter back in which he writes, believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. So Jefferson firmly believed with the Danbury Baptists that the freedom of religion was an unalienable or natural right given to man by God, and that the wall of separation between church and state the idea behind the First Amendment was intended to protect the people's freedom of religion and also secure them from government meddling in religious affairs. The wall of separation was, as Jefferson explained in this letter, not to keep religious expression out of public life, but to secure the people against government involvement or hindrance from public or private expressions of faith. And David Barton has a great little book on the separation of church and state um, that's been really insightful to me. And one of the things he wrote in this book is that Jefferson repeatedly affirmed that the sole purpose of the First Amendment was to ensure that the federal government could not interfere with public religious expressions. But progressives had to redefine the First Amendment if they wanted to fundamentally change America, which they did want to do. They, they were willing to do it slowly, but they wanted to do it. They couldn't repeal the First Amendment because nobody would ever go for that. So they redefined it because in order to create a bigger, more controlling and tyrannical government and ultimately institute communism, you have to remove God and Christianity from politics. That's the only way to do it. But what's even better than simply removing God and Christianity from politics and government and the public square is convincing Christians that this is the right thing to do. And guess what? Like it worked because true Christianity and tyranny are incompatible with each other. In order to enslave a free people, you have to remove Christianity because Christianity is the foundation for a free society. And so if you remove that, it paves the way for enslaving people. So in a sense, they're okay with you being a Christian as long as you keep your religion confined to the four walls of your church. But the left today is absolutely terrified of Christians who take their faith into politics and the public square because they want people to worship government, 
not God. And they want people to fear government and the state above all else. Because they knew that if they succeeded in removing Christianity from politics and government, they could redefine when life begins, the definition of marriage. They could redefine genders, justice, equality, freedom, family, the role of government, race, church, rights, and they could fundamentally change America. And in many ways, they've already accomplished this. But it all started with removing God and Christianity from American political life and using the First Amendment and Jefferson's letter and redefining those as the means of doing this. So a lot of people today contend that the founders believed in building a wall of separation between church and state and that religion should never be part of politics. But this phrase, wall of separation, was only used by Thomas Jefferson in defense of the First Amendment right to the free exercise of religion and government not interfering or suppressing the God-given right to practice religion. The founding fathers believed that in order for their experiment in liberty, America, to succeed, religion would have to remain an integral part of American life, society, and politics. Belief in God-given rights, man's sinfulness, and personal responsibility were foundational to how they shaped and formed American government. Because to the founding fathers, religion and politics were not at odds. They went together. John Adams said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. The First Amendment today is used to argue that religion has no place in politics, but the founders' intent was the exact opposite. They believed that government should not get in between man and the right to worship and live for God, because they knew that you cannot live in freedom or have a free society unless you have a moral and religious people, and that you can only have a moral and religious people if you have Christianity and faith in God. Alexis de Tocqueville came to the United States in the 1800s and he observed American life and wrote books on what he observed. And one thing he said is that in the United States, the sovereign authority is religious. There is no country in the world where the Christian religion retains a greater influence over the souls of men than in America. And there can be no greater proof of its utility and of its conformity to human nature and that its influence is powerfully felt over the most enlightened and free nation of the earth. De Tocqueville saw the fact that religion was a part of American life as a whole, as a secret to America being a free and enlightened nation. And so in order for the ideas American government was built upon to endure, America has to continue as a nation of faith in Christianity. Thomas Jefferson is really only remembered for this separation of church and state. Of course, he's remembered for writing the Declaration of Independence, but he's mostly referenced in regards to this idea of the wall of separation. But he himself said, can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that those liberties are a gift from God? The founding fathers understood better than a lot of people today that when you remove God, from a society, that society and nation falls into tyranny. And so the intention was for America to have a culture of religion and Christianity. And they knew 
that if those ideas and that religion remained the bedrock for our nation, the policies of our country would guard and defend God-given rights. For a nation to secure and defend God-given rights, the policies have to be crafted by people who understand God's authority, man's depravity, true definition of justice and equality, and our responsibility to worship God. And so looking back at all of this, the history of it, and at where we are today because of this misunderstanding, the best way to secure our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is to get back to the founder's intent of a free nation and limited government held accountable by a moral and religious people. A people who understands that government exists not to be their tyrannical master, but to protect and defend the rights and liberties that God has given them. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.